Jai Jai Shri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Jai Shri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Adrita Chandra Jaya Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Is there, do we know which one it is? Or 205. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, until till we end somewhere. Reading from the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila, Chapter 4, Text 205. Matrena. Mai sarva kuhasaye Manogatira vichena Yata gangam basumbudo Amazing, it just continues with the Ganges. That's <laughs> far out. <laughs> Mat of me. Guna of the qualities. Sruti matrena only by hearing. Mayi to me. Sarvaguha in all hearts. Ashaye who am situated. Manahagati, the movement of the mind. Avicinna, unobstructed. Yata, just as. Ganga Ambasha, of the celestial waters of the Ganges. Ambudo, to the ocean. Translation. Just as the celestial waters of the Ganges flow unobstructed into the ocean, so when my devotees simply hear of me, their minds come to me, who resides in the hearts of all. Text 206. Laksanam bhakti yugasya nirgunasya yudaritam aitikiya vyavyahita ya bhakti purushutame. These are the characteristics of transcendental loving service to Purushutam, 
the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is causeless and it cannot be obstructed in any way. Text 207. My devotees do not accept Salokya, Sarasti, Sarupya, Samikya, Samipya or oneness with me. Even if I offer these liberations in preference to serving me. These three verses from Srimad Bhagavatam, 329-11-13, were spoken by Lord Krishna in the form of Kapila Dev. So, um, Salokya, attaining the same planet as the Lord, Sarsti, um, the same opulence as the Lord, Sarupya, the same form as the Lord, and Samipya, attaining his intimate association. Um, these are four types of, of liberation. Um, and then the, the last one, Kaivalya. Uh, Kaivalya, to become one with the Supreme Lord. Uh, that is never acceptable to the devotees because the idea of becoming one with the Supreme Lord or an impersonal uh, realization means no more uh, then we become Mayavadis and Mayavadis are, no, are known as Mayavadis because they say Golok Vrindavan is Maya Krishna is Maya and devotional service is Maya all these three are illusions so that's what we live for right? that's it that's, then, that's no more then one may as well be dead Therefore, sometimes impersonalism is considered like spiritual suicide because there's nothing left, you know, no juice left. Um, but the attractive part of it is it's, it's giving relief from material suffering. Right? So sometimes when we are in pain, we want a pill, you know, just some pill that just like instant relief. Right. So this impersonalism is, is, an, is a reaction to material suffering um, and in desiring relief. And that becomes everything. You know, it's like, I don't care about anything as long as I get relief from this. Right. When the pain is intense, then one's whole consciousness goes into pain. Then one is, that's it. Who are you? I am pain. That's it. Nothing else. That's when the pill becomes very desirable. Mm. So, therefore, uh, that is one of the attractions of impersonalism, that we can get relief from material suffering. Another attraction from, of course, this impersonal realization is that we can uh, develop a concept that we are God. And, uh, well, you know, so sometimes it is said that although the impersonalists are trying to lose their sense of ego and just merge into Brahman, in fact, they're not losing ego, they are getting the biggest ego. Because what is a bigger ego or bigger false ego than to think I'm God? So, 
while they think they're losing ego, they actually have what Carl Jung would call a swollen ego. Yes, uh, so it's interesting. Text 208. My devotees, having fulfilled their desires by serving me, do not accept the four kinds of salvation that are easily earned by such service. When, why sh then should they accept any pleasures that are lost in the course of time. Oh, this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 9.467 was spoken by the Lord in connection with the characteristics of Maharaj Ambaris. Merging into the existence of the Absolute is as temporary as living in the celestial kingdom. Both of them are controlled by time. Neither position is permanent. Um, so, as the poet Vijapati said, Kota Chatra Nana Mara Mara Jivati. Um, how many four-headed Lord Brahmas have appeared and have gone? Now, Lord Brahma lives, lives a rather long time compared to us. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the poet Vijapati is pointing out, even the life of Lord Brahma is just temporary. The life of the demigods is compared to bubbles in the ocean, you know, just in the water, boom, 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 gone. Uh, although one day of the time of the demigods is the same as six months of our time. So have a very long life and full of pleasure. So, uh, but no, we are not interested. Uh, we are not interested because even in the heavenly planets, although there is so much enjoyment, one is never fulfilled. Uh, one is never fulfilled. So yes, uh, enjoy, yes, we can enjoy, but fulfillment is something else. And that's, that's something, uh, when we are enjoying, we forget. We think, oh, this is wonderful, this is wonderful. But the truth of the matter is that this is temporary, so how is it wonderful? Come to my party, come to my party. You can have anything you want, whatever you desire. It will be there. Please come. There's only one thing. At the end, we shoot you in the head. It's death. It ends with death. That's the material world. Right. Yes. Trying to have a party, and you can have a great party. Maybe. Uh, it's not always what you think it would be. But at the end, death. <coughs> hmm. That's a complication, indeed. So it doesn't make sense. And then we know that it's not only about enjoying and enjoying until you die. Uh, on, at least not on this middle planetary system. There's enough suffering on the way as well. Uh, so, uh, And then in heavenly planets... The enjoyment increases, the suffering decreases, but then at the end, as the punya runs out, then one falls down again. Uh, so, so we leave that for what it is. 
just as in this chapter we're actually discussing the love of the gopis and Simata Radharani. And it is an amazing chapter because in this Adi Leela chapter 4, uh, we are discussing how Simata Radharani, uh, how her love for Krishna is eternally increasing, embracing more and more qualities of Krishna. Each time she finds a new quality of Krishna, she loves that quality also. And in this way, her love is eternally increasing. And this is the nature of devotional service, that little by little we're discovering Krishna and his qualities. And it's, it's nice. Like today we're looking at Madan Mohan, and he's dressed really very nicely. His garland is sort of swung to one side. You know, it kind of uh, looks attractive. We can appreciate. And uh, yes, yes, we can appreciate the qualities of Krishna. And each, and as we are going deeper and deeper, we find more and more and will appreciate more and more. This is, this is bhakti. And that is the journey and that is the transcendental adventure that... Uh, Newer and newer tastes will come and we will not know what, what they'll be. So it's not all predictable. Um, this is what you'll attain. Practice bhakti yoga for three months and you'll get to stage one, then another six months and stage two. And then after three years, you'll graduate and no, um, or chant a million names and you'll be enlightened no, oh, no, nothing like that. It's not a mechanical process. Rather, it is a process of Nichasada Krishna Prem, Sadhika Bunai, Shavanadi Sutta Chitta Kariya Udai, of awakening our love. Right? Um, the impersonalists, they also sometimes speak about love and they particularly focus on the sentiment, you know, of like love and, 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 and that love is all-pervading and that is like a love that includes everything. Okay, but uh, um, loving everything is just not happening all at once and then I loved everything no, no, you have to actually love every little thing. Every little thing, every big thing. You have to actually love it. Uh, it's like, you know, like I like my, I love my, my chadar. Uh, nice and spiffy. I, I, I love so many things. Uh, I love um, little things. I love big things. So when everything becomes connected to Krishna, then everything becomes a source of actual love. You see, that's it. Nirbandha Krishna Sambandha Yukta Vairagyam Uchate. We have to connect everything with Krishna. And if we connect it with Krishna, it becomes a source of love. If we look at the thing itself and we develop some love for some things and some hate for other things, right? And something in between, uh, just gray. Right. Uh, um, 
But in connection, whatever is connected with Krishna becomes a source of love. Just for the cowherd boys, the things of the forest are the most valuable, more valuable than the jewels that their relatives decorate them with. Because uh, that's the place where they connect with Krishna intimately. So anything from that forest, that is, is worth everything. Hmm. So in this, in this way we can see uh, how the love of Srimata Radharani is constructed out of, uh, of individual things, individual qualities of Krishna that she loves, and individual dealings with Krishna, individual moments, and all these things fill her with love. That is needed. Uh, not just some sort of impersonal sense of love. No, a love that is just awakened more and more and more. And our capacity to love increases as we... Uh, as we become more and more attached. Um, just like there is that uh, famous Purusatraya verse where uh, it is said that Srimati Radharani had uh, become simultaneously in love with three personalities. First, she heard the... Uh, she, she, no, she, first she remembered she remembered Krishna from previous experience and her feelings of separation are very strong. Um, in the course of wandering in the forest she, with Kunkum, she wrote the name Krishna on a leaf. Uh, she took some of the Kunkum powder and just wrote Krishna on a leaf. Later, Krishna, who was also in separation, was wandering in that forest and found that name Krishna. And he could immediately understand who wrote, who wrote that. And in response to that, he felt just ecstatic love pouring from his heart and he picked up his flute and played. When Sivata Radharani heard that sound, then... Uh, uh, then, then her love became even stronger. Hmm. I didn't tell it completely right because actually it's like this. She had remembrance of the love. Then Vishaka decided to draw a picture to relieve the separation. She drew a picture of Krishna. Then instead of the love, instead of the separation getting better, it got worse because now she was attached to to the person she remembered, and she was attached to the, the picture. Then when the flute sound came, she was attached to the flute player as well. She said, therefore, I'm to be condemned. I, I become attached to three personalities all at once, and therefore, I'd better die. Then Vishaka said, no, it's one and the same. And Radharani said, one and the same? One and the same personality? Uh, 
Because she became separately attached to all these different aspects of Krishna. This is how the love of a devotee is constructed. Uh, with like attached to so many things. Oh, there is that one melody, right? Just that one, you know, that like really like pierces your heart and makes your head spin, that one. Oh, gosh. There's the picture. Not just a picture of Krishna. Of course, we all have pictures of Krishna. But then some pictures, they just speak to you. It's just like some pictures are just like those pictures. Those pictures are on your wall. Yes, those. It is like the density, the intensity of the attachment is just very strong. Uh, oh, yes, the gopis, they saw Krishna in Kuruksetra. Oh, and they were so happy. Uh, but... When they saw Krishna as a prince in Kuruksetra, that was not the picture that they were attached to. They wanted the cowherd boy in Vrindavan. That was the one. That was where their love could really blossom. That's where it could fully manifest. In this way. Kamagandhina svabhavika gopi prem the natural love of the gopis is devoid of any trace of lust. It is faultless, bright, and pure like molten gold. Ah, there is no lust, there is no selfish desire. Atmendriya pritivanchatarabolikam krishnendri pritichadarapremanam. Atmendriya, my senses, for me, that's lust. Oh, oh, I love you so much. Please satisfy my desires. <laughs> lust. Lust. Uh, no. Krishnendriya pritiyachadara premanam. The gopis wanted to satisfy the desires of Krishna only. Everything they did to satisfy the desires of Krishna only. Krishna's happiness is our happiness. Nothing else. They wanted, <coughs> they wanted only that, Krishna's happiness. Yes, so that is, is something extraordinary. That is the, uh, the, the gopis love, which is very, very pure. Mm. There's an interesting moment, and that is the moment that Akrura comes. And that Akrura, the cruel one, somehow or other, takes Krishna and Balaram on the chariot. And at that moment, somehow or other, Krishna and Balaram are smiling. Whereas everyone in Vrindavan is devastated. Devastated. This is not happening. It is happening. It's a nightmare. This cannot happen. But it does happen. No, it will not happen. We will stop the chariot to go. Yes, but then everyone will know anyway what to do, what to do. It's an emergency. <clears throat> you know, we must take action. And they did. And they all came and just grabbed the reins of the chariot and started to, st to try to stop the chariot. Now, 
the philosopher is observing all of this and the philosopher says, what is happening here? These gopis are supposed to be cent percent focused on pleasing Krishna, fulfilling his desire, Krishnendriya. They're supposed to be Krishnendriya. Then, if they are Krishnendriya, then why did they try to stop Krishna if he wants to go? Why didn't they dance in front of the chariot? We're going to Mathura, we're going to Mathura, and throw flowers the whole way. If Krishna wants to go to Mathura, then why were they trying to stop him? Was there some selfish desire after all? Oh, don't leave us. Hmm. How to understand this? <clears throat> well, um, no, there was no trace, no trace of selfish desire there. There was no self-interest. When they tried to stop Krishna, when they tried to stop Krishna, they realized, look at Krishna. He stands there on this chariot. He is smiling. And he is leaving Vrindavan. He's gone mad. He's gone mad. He doesn't understand his own self-interest anymore. He doesn't realize that as he goes out of Vrindavan that he'll suffer. He, the only place where he can be happy is Vrindavan. We cannot let him go. No way. So still their only interest was the happiness of Krishna. The only. Uh, yes. The natural love of the gopis is devoid of any trace of lust. Uh, it is faultless, bright and pure like molten gold. Krishnera sahaja guru bandava preyasi gopikahena priya sishya sakidashi The gopis are the helpers, teachers, friends, wives, dear disciples, confidants and serving maids of Lord Krishna. Mm. I really like that picture uh, where the gopis take the shape of an elephant, you know. I'm sure you know the picture. And uh, some become the legs and some become... Because Krishna wanted to ride an elephant in Vrindavan. Only cows, you know. There was no elephant, but Krishna wanted it. Oh, yes. So, Kunjaralila. The Kunjaralila, they became an elephant. Oh, yes. Whatever he desires, we will be. If, it's, if he desires an elephant, we will be an elephant. Because we are the helpers. Yes, we are the helpers. Oh, sometimes. Sometimes this cowherd boy is so arrogant, really. He is so arrogant, he thinks that he is the Lord of Vrindavan. Whereas we know, we know very well who is in control. In Vrindavan. Ah, yes. So we will catch him and capture him and make him bow down before the queen of Vrindavan. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> and, and he will submit. Ah. And so Krishna, uh, Krishna was begging, begging, please, to be accepted. Hmm. And the minister, Lalita, was standing there next to the queen and saying, don't trust him. 
Don't trust him. You know. Anyway, then Krishna made some politics and somehow or other hid his flute in the clothes of, of the gopis and accused them, accused them of, uh, of stealing. Mm. So all these things, uh, and then of course, uh, a search was done for the flute and the flute was found in the dress of the prime minister. Just see. <laughs> Such things are going on in Vrindavan. And sometimes, uh, sometimes Radharani is in control. Sometimes Krishna is in control. Um, that competition is going on. Um, I really enjoy taking darshans in Vrindavan and looking at the different deities. For example, when we go to the Radhagokulananda temple, uh, there we have the deities of Baladev Vijabhusan. And these deities of Baladev Vijabhusan are known as Vijay Govinda, victorious Govinda. Oh yes, he is victorious, there is no doubt. He has these conch shell eyes and he has like big red rings around the eyes and his head is a little tilted and he looks extremely piercing. And Simata Radharani, she is like, uh, I don't know if it's Astadatu or what, but it is some uh, golden metal. And, uh, and she stands there and she looks completely like, like dazed, you know. She looks dazed, just like totally overwhelmed by this Krishna who looks very powerful and hypnotic. Other times we see how Radharani is the, uh, looks extremely beautiful and, and is just taking the attention. Um, Sometimes it's not clear, like in our temple, Radha Shama Sundar, we can see that they are, uh, they are, they're equal. Who is the most beautiful? Well, when you look at Radha Shama Sundar, is it Radharani or is it Shama Sundar? I can't make up my mind for so many years, because uh, these are, so yeah, this is the temple where I joined. This is the temple. These are these are the deities that I served. So, I once was in uh, in Spain, and there I met the vice president of the Delhi Temple, uh, and uh, his name was Mahamantra. And Mahamantra, I knew him well, of course, because I'm from Vrindavan. It's only next door, and uh, I also knew that Mahamantra was a lawyer by profession. So uh, they asked us to do a Sunday feast lecture together. So I decided to turn it into a debate since he was a lawyer and they like to argue. That's what. So uh, the question I asked then uh, was to Mahamantra, was which deity is the most beautiful? Radhashama Sundar? or Radha Parthasarthi in Delhi, in Delhi. So Mahamantra said, he said, well, you know, he said, of course, Krishna in Vrindavan is very, very beautiful. 
undoubtedly. I mean, but let us, I knew there was going to be a but. (laughs) But let us just consider, let us just consider that when Krishna leaves Vrindavan to deliver all these people in Kuruksetra, just see his beauty, just see the beauty of his heart. He said, therefore, Sisi Radha Bhartasarati are more beautiful than Radha Shamasundra. Well, I mean, he gave me a good run for, for my money, as they say. Well, I rolled up my sleeves, right? <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, yes. But then when Krishna leaves Vrindavan and he is giving the mercy to all, then ultimately that brings them all back to Vrindavan. And there they are with Krishna in his eternal pastimes. And there is the homecoming. And that's really where we eternally are. So therefore, I think they manifest their most beautiful form at home so that we can eternally, eternally uh, just just be touched by, by their unlimited qualities. Anyway, we went up and down and up and down, you know, and uh, because he was good, he didn't give up, and I'm and I'm stubborn because I'm Dutch, so I also didn't give up. So our debate was uh, carrying on, but in the end, we had an out of court settlement, you know. As often it goes when a court case is dragged on, you come to an out-of-court settlement. And we had an out-of-court settlement. And we finally agreed that the, the deity that is the most beautiful deity is the deity that you have served. That is the most beautiful deity. And so the gopis are always absorbed in serving Krishna. They are the helpers, fulfilling his desire, whatever he wishes, assisting him, providing everything, arranging everything, making beautiful kunjas. We know that when we go to Radha Kund, that there is a lot more than meets the eye of the ordinary beholder. We know that... uh, we see a certain Radhakund, but we also know that in the Govinda Lilamrita, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami sees another Radhakund. He sees four jeweled swings on the corner. I never saw. He sees a beautiful jeweled palace in the middle of Radhakund with a, with a bridge of gold and jewels and precious metal right there. I mean, we were looking, didn't see any palace actually. Uh, Still, it was amazing, uh, whatever we did see. So, and the gopis are maintaining uh, these groves, these kunjas, uh, nice arrangements with trees and bushes and flower vines and marble floors and seats uh, of onyx and this and that. And the different kunjas have a different color. Like it is mentioned that Champakalata, her body is transcendental and has a golden color. 
and her kunja also. Everything is yellow there, yellow and golden. And she makes beautiful arrangements. The gobies are preparing everything. They sweep the floor with their hair. Actually, they untie their hair. It must be very long to sweep the floor with the hair. And they sweep the floor of these kunjas with their hair. Um, they um, Then there is a beautiful throne with wonderful silken cushions and bolster pillows. And of course... Uh, there is tambula, and there is sweet-scented water, and there are all kinds of arrangements, little snacks, and some sweets, and some this, and some that. Everything is ready. And when, and on the full moon night, uh, Radha and Krishna sit on that throne. But because everything is golden uh, and yellow, and at that time, Radharani is dressed in a golden dress and she's already golden and the background is golden and then if you look it looks as if Krishna is sitting alone on that throne it looks like that as if he's not there uh, or as he's not there sorry. as if he's alone so in this way the Gopis who are the helpers and who are making all the arrangements are trying to arrange so, so that Radha and Krishna can meet, although their relationship is one of parakiras, a relationship of stolen moments. Stolen moments, a forbidden love. Uh, stolen moments is so difficult to actually uh, meet. Uh, when we read some of these Goswami literatures about Radha and Krishna, uh, they try to meet, and then something happens again, some obstacle. Then Jyotila, the mother-in-law, comes, or Abhimanyu comes, or something. Something comes to disturb the whole thing. Meetings are rare. It is the anticipation that is more important than the meeting itself. Because in the anticipation... That is where the love just blossoms fresh with, with, with greater, greater heights. Hmm. Sahaja Gurvasisya Bujisha Bandavastriya Sacham Vadamite Parta Gopya Kimme Bhavantina O Parta I speak to you the truth. The gopis are my helpers, teachers, disciples, servants, friends and consorts. I do not know what they are not to me. This is a verse from the gopi Premamrita. Uh, as far as teachers, uh, we also have from the Govinda Lilamrita. Where is Krishna? Oh, he is on the banks of the Yamuna. Oh, what is he doing there? He is learning to dance. Oh, who, who is his teacher? Oh, it is Srimata Radharani who is making various moves and Krishna is very carefully following behind, following every movement that she makes. And so in this way, uh, Krishna, Krishna is completely controlled 
by Srimata Radharani, by the gopis, purchased by them. They can make him do whatever they desire. And that is his desire. That is his desire. It is not only that they are only fulfilling Krishna's desire. No. Krishna's desire is to fulfill their desire. So in this way, um, these loving exchanges are amazing. Uh, we who are uh, yeah, so deeply conditioned and are so much on the bodily platform and are so much identifying with these gross material forms... Uh, are, are we uncivilized creatures right, are somehow or other uh, allowed glimpses of this transcendental reality hearing about these amazing pastimes of Vrindavan is, is sweet and hearing about the nature of love uh, and it is appealing at the same time, uh, at the same time, uh, we also realize that uh, we don't have such love. Yes, we love when everything goes well. Uh, we love, uh, we love Krishna consciousness a lot, uh, serving Krishna a lot in the middle of a wonderful festival with lovely prasad and having a great time. But we don't. So on Sunday we love Krishna more than on Monday, <laughs> when there's the Sunday feast and all the all the, the festival the Monday is like oh today Monday I have to chant my rounds and it is difficult I was so tired today <sighs> I couldn't this morning I was paralyzed suffering from paralysis I was not able to do anything now it is already 12 o'clock and I have zero rounds and two left from yesterday <laughs> oh help <laughs> help Right. Panic. I'm in a total panic. How can I chant these rounds now? This is our normal situation. In the morning, before we start our 16 rounds, there is the panic. I have to chant 16 rounds. That's a lot. Uh, but somehow or other, then say, well, let me make a start. And okay, we go. Six rounds done. Time for my morning tea. <laughs> Gosh, you know. I did the six. That's a good start. All right little snack to keep the energies going and all right let's do the second four (laughs) (laughs) 
Seven o'clock. Okay, I've got them. Ten rounds. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I think, you know. Oh, well. Shall, do I really have to chant any more now in the morning? Or can I just check my mail? Uh, so, yeah, and so on and so on. I don't have to prolong this dramatic performance. Uh, but this is the situation. Uh, we are, with all of that, and in between all of that, we're discussing about the gopis and their pastimes. And it's like... Uh, uh, so, obviously, uh, it's amazing how we have been given this by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and how we're getting actually some taste. It's amazing that we're actually, we, you know, like are actually appreciating all these things. But it is just amazing. It is amazing. Um, and it is wonderful to hear about what real love is all about. And it gives us hope uh, that maybe one day one day we can also get there. So this is this is the this keeps us going. Uh, this keeps us going, and every morning we start up our japa engine again to uh, to chant the holy name, and we pray uh, that by effort and by mercy we may uh, we may one day enter into the eternal pastimes of the Lord. In, so this is Adi Lila chapter 4. And this Adi Lila chapter 4 is giving us the internal reason for the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, explains the depth of the love of the gopis and how Lord Chaitanya, how Krishna himself wants to taste that love. And then appears as Lord Chaitanya. That is there. In Adi Lila chapter 8, um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gives an interesting explanation where he explains that um, we are worshipping both, uh, not just one, not just Goranga, not just Lord Chaitanya or the Panchatattva, uh, and to the exclusion of Krishna. And not just Krishna to the exclusion of Lord Chaitanya. When we turn to Lord Chaitanya and we see the ecstatic dancing and chanting of Lord Chaitanya, then the object of Lord Chaitanya's dancing and chanting is Krishna and his pastimes in Vrindavan and so on. So in this way, through the ecstatic dancing and chanting of Lord Chaitanya, we come to Vrindavan. But then when in Vrindavan we hit the wall, we hit the limits of our love, when we hit the limits of our love, we turn again to Lord Chaitanya. And that is how it works. That is how we can actually approach Vrindavan. If we are only going into Vrindavan and here we are, oh, Madan Mohan, Vrindavan, Vrindavan, and, and uh, then someone said, like, uh, in one Bhagavatam class, someone asked the question, um, is it okay 
when we are uh, beginning to develop a desire to be a gopi, that we sometimes think of ourselves as a gopi. Yeah, um, I can't say that it's not okay, but at the same time, uh, how far can you go with that? But how far can you go with that? I mean, it's one thing uh, seeing yourself as a gopi. <laughs> and uh, making some tambula and putting it on a beautiful golden plate and offering it to Krishna. If I take my imagination that far, maybe that's okay. But then I read in some of these books that sudden, sometimes Krishna just comes and scratches the breasts of the gopis with his nails. Now, she, uh, if I start imagining that, then what's going to happen next? I mean, then maybe, uh, maybe uh, that's a bit too much for me. So maybe it's premature if I start to think of myself too much as a gopi. I might get caught out there, uh, not by Krishna, but by my lusty desires. So in this way, um, we approach it a, a little bit, some reservation, some care. Don't go too far with this... Uh, uh, because as soon as we start to meditate on the pastimes of Krishna, uh, then where are we? Right? Then where are we? Are we only observers or are we participants? And it's exciting if we go into the Leela as participants. Oh, yes, it is. But as you just see, it. it uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm writing a novel that is never finished. Uh, what can I say? You know, I'm sorry for that. I'm, I'm like a slow writer. Uh, but in that, that novel is a story about uh, some people from New York. Uh, anyway, let's keep that short. That, uh, that I meet, and after a long story, they come to Vrindavan. I bring them to Vrindavan, and they're in Vrindavan. We, I'm sharing Vrindavan with them. So I'm showing them Vrindavan a little, but I'm not only sharing the, the places, like a tour guide, you know. And today, uh, we are going to uh, such and such kunj, no, no. And this is the story. No. I'm also giving them the internal experience of Vrindavan as much as I know it, right? as much as I can. So at one point in the book, we are at Terkadamba, yeah, such a nice place. Krishna used to sit there in the Kadamba tree, and Krishna used to sit there with his Japamala made of jewels and count the cows the leaders of each herd, and he has 108 herds, and he's counting the cows there, sitting in the, in the evening. And that's Krishna's Jampa, chanting the names of each of his cows. So, and that's 
So it's just so nice that Krishna's chanting the name of the cows there on his mala, I mean, Terkadamba. And this place, Terkadamba, is also the place where Rupa Goswami sat down and was writing uh, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Right? So, ah, Terkadamba, you know. So I took them in the book to Terkadamba, and there we were. And then um, I was just. It was already afternoon and sort of late afternoon. And I was just telling them how Krishna, around that same time, would sit in that tree and would count the, the cows on the beats and chant the names of the leaders of the groups of cows. And I said, yes. And this is then, because this is the time that Krishna is returning, returning to Vrindavan. Right? in the evening. And I said, in Prabhupada's house in Vrindavan, we have a beautiful painting of Krishna and Balaram returning in the evening. And, and then I said, you know what? Let's just step into the painting. And we stepped into the painting. And there we were. And yes, we saw, we saw everything. We saw uh, this river of white river of cows just coming into Vrindavan. We saw Krishna Balaram. We saw all the eyes on Vrindavan. We saw that the peacocks couldn't dance. They stood there frozen in ecstasy. But the parrots, the green parrots, they were dancing in the sky. And as we were sitting there at Terkadamba, the green parrots were also dancing in the sky and doing somersaults. Yes, we saw all these things. We saw... Nanda and Yasoda standing there on the pathway, quite up front, very eager for, to, to embrace Krishna and Balaram. We saw all these things, yes. Anyway, and then we got out of the painting also. Uh, we couldn't stay yet in that, in that painting. But sometimes... In our meditation, we can go into the pastimes of Krishna as an observer. And then, then we go back uh, to our state as a sadhaka, you know, to, go, to become deeper in our love for Krishna. And we just go back to our devotional service. And we may not sweep the floor with our hair. We just sweep it with a broom or a mop or whatever it is. Same thing. What's the difference uh, in this way? Uh, really, Krishna has already accepted us uh, and we're already serving him like helpers, just like the gopis, uh, like servants already started right here. We are already in Golokadam. Thank you very much. Any questions or comments now?
just means that <clears throat> it just means that um, we we have no desire to change our current situation when we are in an advanced stage. When a devotee is in an advanced stage, like Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says in his Successicum, then he comes to the stage of Janmani Janmanisvare Bhavatat Bhakti Rahitikitri. Let me just take birth after birth in this material world and be your servant. So when it says that we have no desire for this liberation, it refers to that Janmani Janmanisvare, to that desire to just simply serve Krishna and say it's already okay where we are. It's not that we are in this horrible material world, but we're faithfully serving Krishna and praying that finally one day we can go back to Godhead. No, that is the early stage of devotional service, conditioned stage. But in the, the Jivan Mukta stage, then we can be, then, then it's all right. Everything. It says for the Prema Bhakta, there's no obstacle in the material world. So that's what it's referring to. That when we come to Krishna praying, that Janmani, Janmani Sre, birth after birth in the material world is good enough. Um, but Krishna, but then it Krishna Srila Bhakti Siddhanta also said that but Krishna knows the heart of his devotee. And Krishna knows that in the heart of hearts, you know, whatever that is, the heart of hearts, right? So that's in the deep core of our being we have a, the devotee has a desire to be with Krishna and so he takes them back to Godhead anyway and gives them liberation anyway even if they are Janmani Janmani Swade so um, so um, we look at it from these two aspects these two angles You mentioned earlier that there are two possibilities either to be like the, the observer of the Vedas, and on the other hand, people who try to be a gopi or participant in the Vedas. And I was wondering, in my experience, is there not only also a middle way? I mean, when I enter these Vedas, I want to do with my heart and I want to uh, yeah, feel also and to experience it. So, otherwise, it's to yeah. be observer, it sounds to me like very neutral. So is this also then the purpose? Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, paint one or the other. You know, I mean, if my lecture came across as uh, this is right and this is wrong, I thought no, it's a bit more subtle than that. But I only said it's like if we are. Uh, thinking that we are present there, um, we can, we could mentally make an offering to Krishna. That's okay. But it's not, it's premature to think, to start thinking Krishna taking initiatives towards us because that be, other than that he's eating what you've cooked or something that you can think about. But again, how far can we go? 
in this imagination. But naturally, uh, everyone uh, thinks a little bit about the spiritual world or about Krishna. Uh, and we're not just thinking about a statue of Krishna, we're thinking about an active Krishna. And we're thinking about his activities. Uh, the coward boy pastimes are easy, right? But the gopi pastimes are complicated because of this conjugal element in there. So it is there especially that it becomes very complex. Uh, Lila Smaranam is, is something that is practiced in Vrindavan by certain Vaishnavas, but it's not recommended to do so uh, too early in one's spiritual life, to go very deep in that, you know, in that meditation of myself in Vrindavan, uh, in these eternal pastimes. But a little is, is, is natural, you know, because we all natural think like that. that uh, when we worship our deities, it's a little more than just, okay, here's the statues, here's the deities, no, here's Krishna, and he's, he's, he's alive, and and this altar is Vrindavan, and he is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not difficult to sort of see modern Mahan walking with their cows, right? Like the way they stand there, I can see it, you know, like, huh? it doesn't take much for my mind to add some motion to, the, to that view. And then what, you know? Hmm. And then Radharani wants some fruits from a tree. And Krishna has to go and pick them. But Krishna picks the wrong fruits. They're not ripe. You know? Because, like, Krishna tries this one, that one, and she points that one. Krishna picks. She says, it's not the right fruit, you know? Krishna said, look, I'm a coward boy. I'm milk. I know about milk, not about fruits. I'm not a fruit vendor. So then he pushes with his lotus foot the branch down. And she holds the branch and just... And he says, pick one yourself if you're so expert. Then she picks, the f is about to pick the fruit, and Krishna lifts his lotus foot, and the branch throws her through the air. <laughs> I can see it right here. Yeah. So we cannot just, uh, it's not that I'm saying, here is uh, is uh, uh, yeah, the deities, and as soon as we sort of sort of the mind wanders a little bit towards Rindavan, that there is a no entry sign, right? A, little, a big red shield with no entry. Don't let your mind go to go to this Rindavan. Not like that. But I pointed out, stay on the path, right? I mean, follow the shields on the path, you know. Otherwise, you get lost in the forest. Yeah. It's our, our main focus is here. That dimension is there, but our main focus is to actually do it here on the ground. Right? Because it's, it's wonderful. Vrindavan, 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 Vrindavan. And meanwhile, it's a mess here. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's not Vrindavan. It, there's no mess in Vrindavan. It's spotless. 
spick and span, as they say. Because they they maintain their, their groves, the gopis, with great dedication. So we also have to maintain our grove right here. Our service, whatever it is. For you it's here, for me it's right now New York. New York City. But New York's also Vrindavan. Roddy, Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the Chaitanya Charitamrita that took us here today to, to this intimate uh, discussion. And so I decided, okay, I'll roll with it. I'll go along with that and uh, open up Pandora's box for you. But um, the Greek legend says, once Pandora's box is open, it's very hard to put a lid back onto it. And that's the problem with Pandora's box, but I'll uh, still I'll try. And still, that's what we have to do to an extent. You know, Some lid has to be there. We cannot just prematurely go completely on that side. Because we have a lot to do here and make it really perfect here. Chant, chant really good rounds, chant, uh, read the books and uh, clean the temple and uh, worship the deities and develop the preaching and, uh, you know, and it's there where we'll meet Krishna and the gopis, more so than in our mind. And uh, Rameshwar used to produce a Sankirtan newsletter, and then at one point he started to, in the newsletter, uh, explain that just like the gopis were always eager, you know, are always eager to bring others to Krishna, particularly Radharani is trying to bring other gopis to Krishna like this. We are also trying to bring others to Krishna. And then Prabhupada said, you have understood Right. means like you've understood what we're doing actually what we're really doing so uh, one time I was in Vrindavan and there was a big festival and it was uh, uh, I think it was for Sant Panchami I think all the deities were in yellow on that day and it's, uh, it's very beautiful so I was visiting all the temples and as I was visiting all the temples I noticed that I was the temple president in Vrindavan at the time and I noticed that all the uh, local leaders of their temple, they were all on the altar of their temple. Right? And they were all like really involved in worshipping their deities. And then I was thinking, and I, I'm just going around looking at all the other temples. But maybe I should also be on the altar of our temple right? and make it happen. So, um, yes, we must make it happen where we are. And then the whole spiritual world will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs>
So we gotta make Golokadam happening here. Yes, Madam Musk. Since you were mentioning these days, often, I wanted to ask, can you give us some inspiration? What is like the most important in deity worshiping, and um, how can we show something? The most important is is uh, to have love for the deities. But if you don't have that, then you can serve them out of duty. And then, you know, we have this, this thing about cleanliness, punctuality, simplicity, the three principles Prabhupada gave. And then, uh, just that we are trying to serve Krishna um, through the proper standards. Um, one thing that we see in Vrindavan and in, in India in general is that um, worship of deities is not just about uh, worshiping the deity very nicely according to Pancharatriki or Vedic principles, but one really important point is to share the deities, to share the deities with others. Uh, Dhanam, uh, Dhanam, what is it? Uh, da, 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 uh, gosh, Dhanam, Dhanam, Patika. Um, oh, anyway, it doesn't come. Um, but yes, it is. It is to to worship the deity and to give the deity to others. Therefore. Part of deity worship is to have huge festivals. And India is the country where they have really gone into this. Like they have palanquins, right? Where they carry the deity around. like, And then the deity are on the palanquins. And then they have palanquin carriers who do different steps. You know, they do horses. And they do elephants. Right? And they have different walks. And then the deity... And they have different palanquins also. Where for the elephant one, they have a swing. So then they walk like the elephant and the deity is swinging. And then for the horses, they... So every temple has these, these, these things, you know. They have a palanquin like a swing and the, and the carriers learn to carry the deity in a special way. Oh, there's no end to it. And this place is great. We used to do sometimes some things like that on Jamastami. In the garden. Yes. So wonderful festivals is something that we should, that we could develop. So that we can share Radhamana Mohan widely everywhere. That you see in Vrindavan. That is Vrindavan. Always a festival. That's the spiritual world. That's Golokadam. Every word of song, every step of dance. Okay, well, I thank you for, for letting me take so much of your time. So again, um, I think 
Somehow or other, we've been speaking about the Ganges. We have also today spoke about the Ganges. We naturally flow towards Krishna. Naturally, some thoughts come of us being with Krishna, and it is uh, that's okay. That's also there. Uh, it has its limitations. I, I try to explain, uh, and we must return to to what's on the ground which is a little difficult, you see, because on the ground, it's sort of hard work, right? And But we cannot just es escape in a pink Krishna cloud, you know, and just live there uh, very, and then just uh, in our beautiful little Krishna world, and no, that was not Prabhupada. Prabhupada made people uh, deal with the... Uh, struggle it out with the material energy and it's very demanding in that regards and uh, yeah it's that's still there so you have to do something here also really something here to make krishna more manifest you know, to the people and to ourselves with that i thank you and say goodbye to you now and it was nice to be with you. I enjoyed it. There's, huh? yes, the picture. And uh, these days, uh, since flying is difficult, uh, and since have done the must travel, or Suhudra Swami said, so I have bought a car, <laughs> and it has German plates, so I might come by more often. Uh, this year and uh, since you're sort of in between other areas where I go it's a natural stop so if you allow me I'll come again after some time yes. thank yes. you very much yeah, I could, but 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 I think I think I should not eat everything. You know, I should let someone else also. I get enough opportunity to lecture. You know, I give so many lectures. So someone else who lives here with the trees and says, "Good morning, tree. How are you, bird?" It is nice if if such a person also gets the chance to preach to some spirit souls in human bodies. So. I leave it to locals. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Kija.